0: welcome to the takeaways and so i wanted to give my takeaway on when gatto came on and he shared about how he was a soccer player and after an injury he went through that's what led him to really start living for jesus he had known about jesus and grown up you know with with god in his life but the injury is really what led him to serve god and make god first in his life rather than just somewhere on his priority list and so I just saw that there was a really good message in that about when God redirects our life and finding our purpose in Christ and in Christ alone and our identity that's rooted in who we are as God's son or as God's daughter rather than our identity rooted in what we do because if what we do gets taken from us, it leaves us feeling void and empty of of you know purpose and what was I created for? What should I be doing with my life? There's no meaning anymore. But there's meaning when you recognize that the giftings and the talents that God's given you can really be used in any area of your life. It, does, it doesn't It does just go away and you're more than just what you do. And so one thing, I have my phone because I really went through and listened and made some notes about stuff. And before I jump into that, though, there was one thing that he said that really stuck with me and he said he over heard a conversation that was happening when he was in the hospital of two people like in the room next to him and they were talking about God and having faith through everything they're going through. And so he was listening to that conversation and it was impacting him. And just a little takeaway thing that I had that I thought about was you never know who you're impacting in what you're talking about. And so I have a couple personal stories with that where i met this girl for coffee we went to the seed and we were just talking about the lord you know she was just asking me questions asking me my testimony same for me with her and so our whole conversation for at least an hour and a half at this coffee shop we were talking about jesus and this other woman at the table near us came over and wrote her son's name down on a piece of paper and handed it to me and asked me if i'd be willing to pray for her son with things that he was going through and that he was just far from god and she was like i've just been listening to your guys conversation and it was really refreshing and really inspiring to me to get to hear young girls talking about god it's just not common it's not typical and it was it was just a blessing for me to get to hear your guys conversation and i was wondering if you'd be willing to pray for my son and so in that moment i was like oh my goodness of course let's Let's pray for him now, you know, because sometimes we'll say, oh, I'll pray for you or yeah, don't worry. I'll get to it and we forget and it's not necessarily out of a bad place in our heart or just trying to like say the right thing, but we just forget and I just never want to forget to pray for someone that I say I'll pray for. So typically in the moment, I'll just say like, oh, let's pray now then. And so we prayed for her son and we prayed over her and she started crying. And it was this beautiful moment of just getting to minister to someone after she had overheard our conversation. And so that was just something I wanted to leave you guys with that in your conversations, when you're meeting with people, you know, you're out in public settings or or whatever, wherever you are, just you never know who's listening and who you're impacting. So, you know, always make sure that your words are uplifting and they're kind and they're Glorifying to God because, as people who say they follow Jesus, people are looking at our life and they're looking at what we say and what we do. And so, yeah, you just never know who you're impacting and who's listening in on what you're talking about. So, that was just an interesting thing that happened and a takeaway I had. But overall, the theme that I really wanted to stick with was when God redirects our path. And Trusting that he's good, even when our circumstance isn't good and knowing our purpose in God. And so I think a really key thing in that is that he has better plans for us than we even have for ourselves. And this morning I was reading in Matthew and it was in Matthew 4, 18 to 22. And so I want to read those verses. Okay. So Matthew four eighteen, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. And what was interesting to me about that, what stood out to me, is that one of these disciples, one of these people that was called, was Peter. Y'all, Peter walked on water, he healed the sick, he raised someone that was dead, he saw amazing things in his lifetime, and he was an ordinary fisherman. Like, imagine God redirecting his path, or wanting to redirect his path to be Peter, who we know now, but yet Peter lived in comfortability and was like, no, I'm good. I'm a fisherman. He would have lived an ordinary, typical life, had this encounter to be so close to God and get to do amazing things, see miracles, signs, and wonders, and then turn it down to choose what he knew and what was comfortable. But rather, Jesus called him and then he went from just being a fisherman to being a fisher of men, to be able to really you know, impact the world and see crazy, amazing things. And I just really felt from that, that if we want to do something with our life and we feel like either one, God is telling us like not to do that or a door gets shut. Like Gato, for example, was playing soccer and that door just kind of got shut for him. I think it wasn't necessarily this prompting from the Holy Spirit to leave it but rather he had his injury and he just couldn't play anymore so that part of his life just got taken from him but then he was able to redirect that those skills like he was talking about the discipline and the things that he learned through soccer and apply that into the business world and so i just think that who knows how god is going to use him in that area and the lives that he's going to meet in that area and just change you know and so redirection can be discouraging at first and I definitely don't want to minimize that I think that it's easy to just kind of skip over that and say but you know what like God is so good and what he has is better for me and everything's gonna be okay and do I firmly fully believe that yes and I think that when we do have to have our life redirected or we have a dream or a goal or a vision that we don't get to walk in or it doesn't come to pass or it gets taken from us because of something out of our control I think it's hard and those are really real honest emotions and so I have a friend who tells me there was something I was going through and he said to wrestle with God means to still be in his hands and that to me was really comforting because God's not intimidated or afraid when I'm honest with him or when I'm wrestling or when I ask those questions like why God and I think that there's someone that might be listening that has that area in their life that they're being redirected that something was taken from them maybe you're going through an illness or you're going through a struggle or a relationship that fell off you know something that we're struggling in and if you're wrestling those emotions with god and you're saying why god or i don't get it how can i trust you even when i don't understand at least you're still coming to god and i was also reading this morning in psalms it was psalm 69 And it talked about how David was basically just down bad. Like he was like, God, I don't get it. Like they're trying to kill me, save me, God, help me. He was just not doing good. But yet he still praised God through the trials that he was going through. And so I think that that's just a testimony of what are you doing while you're waiting on God and what are you doing while you're angry with the Lord? are we still praising god and trusting that he's good even though our circumstance is it are we still just having hope and trusting that our faith in god is going to bring us out the other side and that the promises of god are yes and amen and it says that he has good plans in store for those who love him plans to prosper us and give us a hope and a future found in him you know i just think that there are so many uh, amazing things in jesus and amazing promises that he leaves us with when we're in moments of discouragement and despair and i just want to read that to you if you're someone who's walking through despair right now there's this verse in isaiah 41 10 and it says fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand and so maybe right now you're discouraged and you're waiting on a promise, or something you loved doing isn't what God has for you anymore, and it's something is redirecting in your life. I want to encourage you because I could imagine a question you might have had to God is, What is my purpose then? Like, if I can't do the thing that I love and the thing that gave me what I felt was my value, what am I made for? What is my purpose? And this is something I always come back to in those moments, and it's Matthew 28 19 to 20. And it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so I just think if you're asking God, what's my purpose? What do I do now that I don't know what to do? We can turn to God and look to his word that in any context, no matter what we're doing, we're called to make disciples and we're called to be the light of the world. And also in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says, you are the light of the world. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you are the light. Whether you're doing that one thing that you love to do or you're being redirected to get another job or to be somewhere else or move, You're always called to be the light. The hope of Jesus never leaves you. That's the one thing that all else can be stripped from you, but God will never leave us. So you're called to be the light and to share the hope of Jesus and make disciples and pour into people and there's people everywhere. So you'll never have to worry about not making an impact because there's people all over the world. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're called to go and be the light and to make disciples. And so that's our purpose. It's never in the things that we do. This is great. I love doing this, but man, it's not my purpose. And I've even prayed, God, if you were to blow this up and blow this up in both meanings, either a blow it up at all goes to shambles and it just doesn't work out. Okay. My identity is not in this. If you were to blow it up and make it reach millions of people, okay, my identity isn't in this. I think it'd be amazing to reach a million people and tell them about Jesus and have that impact in their life. But my identity isn't rooted in that, whether it becomes nothing or it becomes something amazing. Either way, I'm still a child of God. I'm still a daughter of God. And so whether it goes to nothing or it becomes everything, my identity remains the same because it's rooted in him who's a firm foundation. And so I just think that whatever it is that you're doing, there's always purpose to your life because of He who called you, because God created you on purpose and with a purpose to reach people, no matter what that looks like. So I hope that makes sense. I know that was a little bit redundant, but I just think it's so, so impactful and it's so powerful once we grasp that and know our identity found in Jesus rather than the things of this world or in what we do. And then with that, too, going back to wrestling with God as being in His hands. He's just not afraid of our wrestles. He's not afraid or taking a step back when we ask him why, when we tell him our real emotion, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're hurting or we're heartbroken, that doesn't make God get like, oh my gosh, you don't believe that I'm good. That's it. I'm taking a step back. Like he knew who you were when he called you. He knew the way that you process your emotions. He knew the way that you handle things. He knows the way that you think And the word also says he not only knows our thoughts, but he understands our thoughts. So nothing is a surprise to him. And I just always come back to knowing that God wants to know what is in my heart. He's always looking at our heart. He wants to know my emotions. He wants to speak with me about them. And so if you're just going through something, you're in a situation where you're redirected in your life and it's becoming a struggle for you and it's just it's hard for you to walk through don't pull away from Jesus through that like like what David did and even Job when he lost everything but specifically David he went through really hard things but he never lost his trust in God and even in it all through the hardships through the despair through the discouragement he still turned back to God and was like God I know that this is really hard and I know what I'm going through is, is just awful, but I trust that you're good. And so I just think that that's a really great approach to the throne of God when we're going through something like that. It's kind of like a good, bad, good sandwich and it works on people too. But basically that idea of God, you're good. I worship you regardless of how I'm feeling. I worship you because you're God and you're on the throne. I love you. I thank you that you're speaking to me and you're teaching me and you're even working in my life so as to redirect me. Like, I just thank you. I have a relationship with you. And then you just get to the bad stuff. You know, it's like, wow, that's really kind. I love you. You're great. I worship you. Here's the problem, God. What's going on? I don't understand this. I'm actually really mad at you. I don't get what you're doing because I can't see anything going on that makes sense to me. Um, I know your word says that you're good. This isn't good. It doesn't feel good. It's not good. You know, all those things. We can just be so real with God and just give him our heart and get angry with him. And then bring it back to a place of being like, and even though I just trauma dumped everything on you, Jesus, I trust that you're good. And I know that you're working all things out for my good and your glory. And even though I don't understand it, I'm going to worship you in the waiting anyways. And I think that if that's the way we approach God, he just brings clarity. He brings understanding. He speaks to us. He, he just shows us what's going on. And sometimes he doesn't actually, sometimes he doesn't always give us the answer to why. And I believe that either we'll get to heaven and he'll tell us the answers or we'll get to heaven and we honestly just won't even care. But I know that oftentimes something comes out. The truth gets brought to light. Things come out. You see, looking back, hindsight's usually 20-20 to see what God did and why he did what he did. And so that's the encouragement I have for you. I love you guys. And I'll be praying for you if you're someone who is being redirected with something in your life and it's been, been hard for you to navigate. Just go be honest with God. Run to him. Don't run from him. His plans for you are good. He loves you. And I look forward to talking with you guys again next week. Bye.